Hello, this is Alana Sweetwater. Thank you for joining me on the Warrior Empath Podcast. Hello, my empaths. How are you doing in this new year, 2022? Every time I go to write it, I accidentally write 2020. I have no idea where the brain glitch happens there, but apparently I'm just having trouble visualizing 2022. But that's where it's at. That's where we're at. And it's crazy to think about all that's happened in the last two years. And when the pandemic hit, I experienced something I've never felt before, which was the profound discomfort of realizing that nobody knew the answer and that I had no idea how long this was going to last. This crazy feeling of falling and not knowing when I was going to hit the bottom. And that feeling sort of never went away. In fact, here we are two years later and I'm starting to realize that there's a certain kind of post-traumatic stress that's setting in for people of not knowing fully if they can relax yet. And then you add to the last couple of years all the stirring up of the pot and all of the dark, ugly underbelly of our society being brought to the surface so that we can see that nasty shit, the racism and sexism and violence and corruption in our government. And it was like staggeringly overwhelming. And as a musician and writer, I always thought that every big thing that happened, I would be able to write about and use as fuel. But it sort of had the opposite effect on me where I found myself without a word to say. (laughs) In fact, it was like so much was happening inside of me that I was feeling that it turned into a tangled mess and I just couldn't discern anything from anything. The only solution I found was to go within myself and really excavate me. And thank God I could because that experience changed my life and changed my direction. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing all of that up is because today's episode is about anxiety. And a lot of times, anxiety and depression go hand in hand. I would say probably the main reason for that is when we are exceedingly anxious, it depletes our body and our adrenal glands, everything that gets activated in uh, stress, the fight or flight, when we exhaust ourselves from that, we physically feel depleted and that is a very easy way to get into a depression. So anxiety and depression can become sort of a cycle. And these are things that I've dealt with my whole life. I remember dealing with anxiety and depression when I was little. So I don't think it's entirely circumstantial. It can certainly make it worse. Being an empath, I would say we can be more prone to experiencing anxiety and depression. And it is through learning how to understand ourselves, to learning how to identify what is ours and what is not ours, and learning 
tools for healing and protection that we can overcome that. But it is a lifelong journey, and it's been a lifelong journey for me. So in this episode, I just wanted to talk about some of my experiences with that and also some observations that I have. I want to talk about social media as a great beginning place for this subject. There was a study I had read in Time magazine a while back. It was really interesting. It was saying that, first of all, when you have your cell phone on the table when you're catching up with a friend, let's say, even if it's face down, 70 to 75% of your attention is on your phone. Isn't that crazy? Like how powerful that is? That we cannot just be present. We are always aware of our phones. It's sort of like our universal life room. The other thing this study said that I thought was also interesting, and I think we've all come to realize this, is they had done a study with something like 30 people and found that the longer they were on social media, the worse and worse and worse they would feel about themselves. Haven't we all experienced that? And yet it is so addicting. I've had a love-hate relationship with it because on one hand, I see it as a tool in a wonderful way to connect with like-minded people like I'm doing here with this podcast. It's been a great way for me to let people know when I have shows and share new songs and share things that I find interesting and inspiring. But it also feels like a commercial for oneself. Almost as if we have our own TV stations where we can present ourselves to be anything that we want to be seen as. So it creates a really strange, confusing feeling Like, I remember looking at pictures of a friend's trip to Europe, and I was saying, oh my god, it looks like you had such a great time. Those pictures were amazing. And I remember she said, that was the worst trip of my life. (laughs) And it was just funny because she looked like she was having a great time. And so I don't know what the answer is with social media because... You know, those people that just vent about everything they're unhappy about. And on one hand, they might feel like they're being genuine, but that's also a bummer and gets irritating too. People go after each other and fight about different points of view and perspectives. So it's like, what is the best use of this great tool? And I do see it as a great tool, just like money is not good or bad, but it is an energy and how we use it is what matters. So with social media, I definitely limit my time on it. And I ask myself what I'm feeling a lot. Do I feel inspired by what I'm seeing or reading? Or do I feel insecure? Do I feel like I'm in a point of comparing myself to other people and thinking that they have a better life or look at the trip they're on or the kids they have or the perfect home and family. It's easy to look at other people's lives and compare ourselves and see where we measure up. But the fact is that, first of all, we have all chosen very different lives. And the truth is I wouldn't want to live anyone's but mine. And when I remind myself of that, I can look at 
people's Instagrams and, and be inspired by what I see. And if I can't do that, then I turn it off and check out and get back into building myself with the things that make me feel good about myself. Because if social media is triggering me to feel shitty or anxious or depressed, that indicates to me that I am not feeling good about myself and that is where my attention needs to go. So when looking at anxiety specifically... I've come to pay really close attention to what triggers it. It used to be that I thought it just came over me randomly and I would get panic attacks years ago throughout my life and they could be very severe and scary and they seemed random. They seemed like they would creep up out of nowhere which made it more terrifying. Like how do I know when that's going to happen? But I have come to believe that there is always a reason that they happen. There is always something that triggers them. And there may be a bit of delay between the thought or experience and the anxiety, but there is always something that it is tied to. So what could it be? It could be that I'm stuck in a headspace of trying to please other people, and saying yes when I want to say no to things, that always makes me feel super anxious. And empaths can be people pleasers until we learn how not to be. And so I used to say yes to everything. And I would piss a lot of people off, disappoint people, let them down, double book myself, exhaust myself. And so I've learned that there are a lot of ways to say no. And sometimes I just need to buy myself a little time and say, you know what, can I get back to you about that? I need to um, I need to look at my schedule and see, or I need to see how I feel. It is really a big one for me. Um, another one is personal space. If I'm around people too close, too long, I will start to feel anxious. I always, every day, take a little time to be with myself just a little bit because, or a lot if I can get it, but it's how I reset. It's how I sift out what's mine and what belongs to other people. It's how I get grounded. When I'm just with my own energy, that I can deal with, that I can manage. But when I've allowed my energy to mingle with other people's to where I don't know if what I'm feeling belongs to me or them or what, that's a very disoriented feeling of sort of just grabbing at straws, trying to solve some sort of a mystery. So personal space definitely is important. Another thing that can trigger anxiety for me is negative self-talk. And that shit is subtle. I mean, it's not always blatant. I had heard from someone, maybe my dad said it, that we will tolerate in people cruelty that is just a little bit less than what we allow ourselves to say to ourselves. And so we will find that um, we can attract people that can reflect back to us our insecurities, our inadequacies, our feelings of inadequacy, 
and that we will take that shit from other people if we believe it on some level. So again, that definitely points back to, (laughs) you can hear Django in the background. That definitely points back to working on yourself because if that is true, that we will tolerate basically just about as much as we give to ourselves of this negativity, then we want to have a low threshold for negativity. That is not something that is helpful to us. So it's important to learn how to reframe things. Like if I do something and I make a mistake, I can beat myself up and say, oh my God, that was so fucking stupid. I can't believe I did that. What am I, an idiot? And that is just toxic. Like that's toxic. I would never say that to a child. I would never say that to you. I wouldn't say that to anybody that I care about. And yet I can say it to myself. And so this is the importance of self-observation. And so when I catch myself doing that now, I just correct course and I say, oh, well, the more I do it, the better I'm going to get at that. And I'm determined to be good at that. So let's do it again. The negative self-talk is so crippling. And you can tell yourself something negative and not realize you had and then have crazy anxiety that seems like it's from nowhere when actually it's because an hour ago you told yourself that you're fat and that nobody's going to love you if you're fat or some crazy shit like that. So our thoughts just on their own can trigger anxiety. What I try to do when I find myself feeling anxious is to think about when it started because now I know that something triggered it. Maybe it started when I was looking at my dog and thinking, oh, he's getting old. One day he's going to die. Oh my God, that's going to be so hard when my dog dies. I love him so much. He's going to die. Like that would be certainly enough (laughs) to make me feel anxious or to think about, oh, this person doesn't like me. I mean, we all can just obsess about something someone said about us when they didn't like us. And all that energy churning on that and trying to deal with it and stew on it or, or want revenge, it's just, that's a really toxic headspace to be in and definitely anxiety producing. It's so much better to redirect our energy and focus on the people who really love us because those are the people that give us energy. Fuck the ones that don't like us. We're not for everybody. Not everybody's for us. Another thing that can cause anxiety is feeling overwhelmed. Oh my God, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. I have so much to do. We keep ourselves so overwhelmed and overstimulated that the anxiety is that fight or flight response to it where it keeps us going, keeps us moving. In fact, I remember feeling anxious because I wasn't anxious. I remember feeling anxious because everything was going well. And I just kept looking around for where the next fire was going to start. And that's what happens when you really get used to that feeling. And sometimes it even feels like it's productive. These are some things that can definitely trigger a delayed reaction of anxiety. But once we start to ask ourselves, when did this feeling start? 
it's easy to sort of trace back and find something. Maybe it was an environment that we were in. Maybe it was talking to someone. But when we identify where it came from, then we have an opportunity to do something about it. So I hope that is helpful in some regard because anxiety is a terrible feeling and it is definitely something that I notice everyone seems to be feeling a lot of right now. And when you think about everything that's happening and all of the unknowns that we've been dealing with and just the collective intensity of what's going on around us, it is certainly understandable. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just let people know they're not alone. So if you feel anxiety and you can't really get to the root of what caused it, the bottom line is you don't have to understand it to be able to transmute it into something else. Anxiety is energy. It feels like electricity. So for me, what I do when I feel that way that is helpful, a lot of times I go for a walk. As simple as that sounds, just moving, breathing some fresh air, it clears my head. That's my favorite way to just calm myself down. Another one is to get it out, either through writing or singing or crying or whatever. I, I want to get it out of my body, working out, exercising, moving the energy out of me. I find that when I hold anxiety in and I hold feelings in, that's really what depression is. I mean, if you think about it, to depress something, if you push down on a button, you are depressing it. So depression is pushing down feelings. And that takes a lot of energy. It numbs us. So for me, what always feels best is to find a way to get it out of me, move it through. That's why I always liked to sing. But talking about it, writing it out, or just moving your body, those are incredible ways to transmute that energy, turn it into something else, turn it into something positive. I held a piece of coal in my hands yesterday and I was thinking about how that is what makes a diamond. This creates something stunningly beautiful and tiny in comparison. That's transmutation, taking one thing and turning it into something else led to gold. When we have unpleasant emotions, they can be fuel for something that enhances us, enhances our life, enhances other people's lives. Another thing to, to make that shift is to meditate. It's a really, really incredible way to go neutral. And meditation is not easy for everybody, but it is very easy to do. <laughs> so what's easy is to just sit for 5, 10, 15 minutes and focus on a word like om in your mind and just repeat it over and over and over. And every time your mind wanders off, 
bring it back to Om. And what happens is the word is like giving a dog a bone. If the dog can chew on the bone, your mind can chew on the word. And every time it ventures off with a thought, you bring it back. And you bring it back to the word. And what happens is the space between the thoughts with time will start to expand. You might notice, oh wow, there was like a second there where I wasn't thinking about anything. And the more you meditate, the more those spaces in between the thoughts expand. And when you start to experience what that feels like, it is so amazing because it makes everything else seem not that real. Like, I can't explain it very well, but it makes all the petty stuff seem very superficial and not real. You start to realize they're just thoughts. They're not who you are. Meditation is a great thing. Sometimes it's just calling someone who loves you to remind you that everything is okay, that you are good, and that the feeling will pass. So I hope these things are helpful. I, I really want you to know that I'm not speaking here as some sort of authority. <laughs> I am right there with you going through all of these things. These are just my, my thoughts and these are the answers I'm finding right now. As I always say, I am very interested in the answers that you find, and I'm interested in your thoughts. So please continue to reach out, and you can contact me online at Alana Sweetwater. And let me know if there's anything you'd like to talk about. Have a great rest of your week, and I will talk with you soon. Keeping us apart was better.